You're listening to the... This is Punk Theology, the podcast. PunkTheology.com Thank you for that, glitchy, autonomous robot hosts. I am Russ Shaw, the real host, uh, the fleshy one. You're listening to Season 2. This would be Episode 28. You're about to hear my dear friend Chuck's story. What does it look like to cope with life after loss? What is it like to have friends still, to, to laugh still? A quote on the topic of grief. Love this song, Social Distortion. If you Spotify, follow our playlist, Punk Theology, under Spotify Playlists. Just a soul-moving song here, as myself and now my friend Chuck pours out his heart here. This is Good Grief Part 2 in the Punk Theology Podcast. You'll suffer hard now As you bury your loved ones You'll suffer hard now When you lose your best friend That's the way that it goes When you're down here with the rest of us Good grief. The part two. I miss you, right? Part two. Yeah. I miss you. Yeah. I miss you too. Yeah, I haven't seen you in like a while. I haven't been here in a long time. I know. It yeah. sucks. Welcome back. The gang's all here. <laughs> Welcome yourself back. I've been here. <laughs> Welcome Chuck's back. Chuck's back. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm just glad Scouts is over. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Scouts. Oh, is that why you're here? Yeah. I thought this should be a Scout week. We get the we get Chuck back. Yeah. I would think they do lots of things things in the spring and summer. They do. It's just not regular scheduled meetings. So we have one last committee meeting on (coughs) next Tuesday. No, I don't know what Tuesday. Who cares? Um, It's a nice class. But yeah, then we just go into summer mode. And so it's just random shit on Saturdays, which is oh much better than a weeknight. Yeah. Yeah. Like hikes. Especially Thursdays. Fucking doing stuff on Thursdays sucks. And it's late. (laughs) I hate doing like this is fun, but if I had to go to meetings, <laughs> it's in your backyard. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if I had to well, go like pay attention and make decisions and hang out with kids and shit, I couldn't do it. Right, there's a reason it's like primetime TV. Night. Yeah, well, People this would don't be want to do anything. It's not the weekend yet. What? This would be better if it was Tuesday night. That's true. Yeah. But we can't. <laughs> we, 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 we tried. We tried. <laughs> tried <laughs> Monday. Yeah, we had sketchy attendance on Tuesdays. So yeah. Chuck, you had a great week. I, Tell us what happened. I, I did. Um, Sarcastic. You had a family reunion? <laughs> yeah, so I had a mm-hmm. random family reunion. So last week, um, my on Wednesday, my grandfather had a stroke. Um, How old is he? 90 some odd years old, 92. That's pretty good mileage. Yeah, I mean, he's ancient. Um, it is. And we're here in the Seattle area, and this was in. This was in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And so the, <clears throat> it was, it was interesting because I really wanted to just go into my normal bullshit of like beat myself up. So my grandfather sees somebody in my family like six out of the seven days of the week. And he was supposed to, um, he was supposed to have dinner with my mom and dad. 
and he was late, and my mom just kind of got a little bit worried, but not not too much because there's been a lot of rain and flooding and shit in Pittsburgh. And then it just got later and later, and so they went over to his apartment, and he was laying on the floor. And they don't know when he had the stroke. Um, so they called the paramedics and took him to the hospital and whatnot, and they did all kinds of tests. And his so it was on the right, on his right brain. Um, so his left side was just paralyzed and whatnot. Um, and they said that he had like 85 to 90 percent brain damage. Dang. Um, so they said he probably wasn't going to survive. Well, no, that's the fucked up thing. The so the resident wasn't in when they got there, and whatever doctors were working on him were like, "Yeah, like he's going to have a long recovery because he's old, but he'll live." Mm. And <clears throat> so I started looking at plane tickets to go see my grandpa because he's not going to live. Like, fuck that. Like. 90 something. Yeah, 90 some odd years old. You're not going to you're not going <laughs> to live. Quality of life after that. Well, and that's the thing too. Like he has he had a living will, which was great. And it just it said don't prolong my life at all. Like don't do any measures to No, he had a DNR. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then so that was Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Thursday I had a I was talking to my mother and I had a really hard conversation with her and it sucked and I beat I beat myself up with that pretty bad. Um, so she was getting ready to meet with the care team after the so they met with the resident and he's like, Yeah, he's gonna die and so then they're getting ready to meet with the, the care team. And I told her don't put him on any IV flutes. Just, I mean, you live forever, not forever, but, I mean, you can go a long time without f- food, but once they start putting drugs and shit in your system and IV, I mean, you can just live for another mm-hmm. 30 to 60 days. Mm-hmm. It just felt like I killed him. Mm-hmm. That's what he wanted, though. You were honoring his wishes, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It just... It sucks. Still hard. Fucking sucks. Yeah. Um... So then I flew out on Friday, and I had a friend that she works in the, um, she's a nurse in the medical field. She's actually on a um, a cardiac team. She specializes with strokes. And it was great, because she was just like, listen, like this is going to sound funny, but when you get there, tell them you're, you're the last one there, regardless of who is supposed to be coming, because, and just tell them you're it no one else is coming you're gonna be fine you can die mm-hmm. and at first it did it was like it was just really weird and I got there and so I told him that you know just and I wasn't sure if he was conscious or not um, and that was pretty hard um, but then I just sat with him for hours it was great <coughs> stories I remember the first time <laughs> He taught me how to work on cars, and I remembered the first time that um, I helped him change the oil in his Buick. He had a Buick a Sabre, I think it was. Anyway, boat of a car. And so we dumped all the oil into this stupid little pan, and 
change the filter and dump new oil in it and whatnot. And he's puttering around the garage and he just points to the container and he says, take care of this. And three feet from me is the the big container that he dumps all the oil in and when it gets full he takes it to the garage, you know, an automotive place and dumps it off. So I pick up this little bin, go outside and dump it in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> come back. I come back in and he looks at me and he's like, Chucky! I mean, he's madder now. And I'm like, what? Like, like why are you so mad, you know? And he just points to the big container, and I looked over, and I'm like, shit. Like, oh, I screwed that one up. But it was great. Like, he was just so gentle. And How just, old were you? 10? Did you have a 11? nice patch of grass? Just burnt his shit out of it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and it was just everything. Like, he was just so gentle with everything that he did. Do you have many other people in your life like that? No. But now this is your mom's dad. Yeah, this is so this is my mom's father. Um, yeah. So my my mom's mom died like nine years ago or so, and we had a good relationship too. And the both of them, they were just gentle people. Um, just loved everybody. Great fucking examples of just how to live. Christians. Yeah. But not shove it down your throat. Or? Mm-mm. No. I mean, they would share. The finger of shame. They would share with you um, if you started down that path. But they weren't, you know, shoving anything down your throat. That's cool. It was awesome. So then Saturday, went back to the hospital, was hanging out, and that's when the family bullshit started. Um, I was talking to Derek and John about this. So my mother came up to me and she's like oh so I talked to your your grandma so my dad's parents and um, she wants to know when you'd like to get together with her <laughs> and I'm looking at her I'm like what like what are you talking about she says well your grandma wants to visit with you and she needs to know when you're going to come out and visit she has a b c d all the way through z and so there's like this two hour time window where I can go visit with her I'm like in my brain, I'm thinking, like, I came here to see my grandpa that's dying. I'm not coming here to visit friends and family. Mm. And she says, yeah, so just let me know. Okay, I'll let you know. That's the end of that conversation. I'm not going <laughs> to let you know, you know? So you the, didn't let me know. Yes, yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, I get a... I get a... Was that a text message from my... Grandma, or phone call, I don't know, something again, you know, like, let me know whenever you're going to meet with, no, my mom sent me a text message, here's your grandmother's telephone number, I'm like, fuck, I'm a millennial, (laughs) I have everybody's telephone number in my cell phone, like, what do you mean, here's your grandma's telephone, I know it, I know her house number, I know her cell number, like, this is easy information, so then my grandmother called, on Monday and was like oh and I just listened to the voicemail today so it's Thursday so that's four days ago Um, she's like oh I just want to know when you're gonna come out you know so if you you should have my telephone number because I just called you if not you know your mother has it your sisters have it I'm like really like so then that evening my mother says I'm like I'm really disappointed in you like you should have gone and see your grandmother 
You're a grown ass man. I didn't come here to. I didn't come here to see you even. I came here to see my grandpa. Yeah. Did you say that? Yeah. I mean, she was pissed. So pissed. Like, uh-huh. This isn't. This is about me and my grandpa. This isn't about. I need. I don't need you fucking organizing playdates. Yeah. For me. And I get right. it. She's always gonna see me as a kid, and so there's some grace or compassion there, but fuck off. Yeah. Uh, how'd your mom take that? Not good. No. I mean, it's... Yeah, at first it wasn't received very well. And I think she's just starting to understand that we don't have a relationship. Mm. And it's. I think it's saddening her realizing that. You know, and so it's... Maybe in her brain she's just now trying to figure out how to have a relationship with me mm. and it's <clears throat> unfortunately I just have to have another conversation with her if she wants to have a relationship with me she just has to own the fact that she was a really she made really poor choices and wasn't a great mother and for people listening like you you there's a you did a show earlier where you visited them and tried to iron things out and make peace and everything and everybody was like didn't know nobody wanted to deal like with it. Super God is threatened the God of nice kind of. Was that sort of what it was about, or it seemed because she didn't really want to own her shit, or did she? Just, they just didn't want to have that conversation. They just didn't want to have the right? conversation. Yeah, that's yeah. what it sounded like. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like oh, we have to talk about <laughs> dirty relationships. Like this. yeah, I mean, talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah. And it's I mean I'm just the black sheep in the family because I want to talk about the elephant in the room. And they don't. What elephant? (laughs) And it it still just dumbfounds me on the fact that my sisters and brother still enable them and still cater to letting them live the dark life that they live, like hiding everything. So if you had not left there... I was going to say, do you think it's because you got away? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll get you, get you get some different goals. Yeah. See it clearly. Exactly. Get some distance yeah. or something. It's the family culture. Yeah, it is. There was a moment where I, I had some, I guess grace, <coughs> my dad. Um, so my grandpa passed away on Sunday morning, and I went to church with my sister. How was that? It was interesting. Um, the. It's like a community church, it's like not an denominational. They had some, they had some guest speaker that was there, and he just talked about meeting people where they're at. And it was, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, whatever. And the songs were okay in the beginning, and then they sang uh, the old, the old rugged cross, which was my grandfather's favorite song. Um, and so that was great just because it wasn't, I mean, it was no planning whatsoever. It just happened, right? Mm-hmm. So it was just perfect. Um, and then everybody came over for lunch to my sister's house. And <clears throat> before that, I was playing Call of Duty with my brother-in-law and my brother and just trying to distract myself. And that, by the way, I'm really fucking bad at Call of Duty. <laughs> um my son's like it. So my dad came in the room, 
and he was talking to my brother's wife and gave her a hug and he was talking to my brother and gave him a hug and talking to my brother-in-law and gave him a hug and he came over and he's standing in front of me like off to the side and I got these headphones on and I'm playing this <laughs> video game and I'm oblivious to everything that's going on <laughs> and the volume's not up real loud on the headphones so I can hear what's going on like I can hear people talking but I'm not listening to what they're saying it's kind of peripheral yeah, it's, yeah. and I hear my, my brother's right, wife um, Kirsten say something to me and it was loud enough to get me out of the zone and I take a headphone off and I look at her and I'm like what she said I think he wants a hug I'm like and it just came out you know I'm like well he can ask and I just put the headphone back on my ear and started playing again (laughs) and it just I mean I was oblivious to anything that was going on really and I'm sitting there playing and I can hear him talking to me now and I'm like fuck that I am such a dick <laughs> but that's like our relationship though like I mean that's I don't have one with them you know and so I take a headphone off and I look up at him and I'm like what and he's like well can I have a hug and again it just came out I'm like well I guess like like annoyed that I was had to stop playing this video game wow and I'm like and after you know so he gave me a hug and he left and I'm like man like ouch like that oh Ow. Like that has to fucking hurt so yeah, bad. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, I laugh now, and oh. it's still just that's. Yeah. Were you trying to? I wasn't even trying to be, be cutting. Dead. No, I wasn't. There was no. It was just what happened? It just, yeah, it just it was just raw. It was just what came out. Just of what you. came out. Plus, there's grief too, and there's all these emotions in it. Yeah. Right? yeah. What, what were subsequent exchanges like with them after that? It was it was weird. Um. Jared out like hey no like I didn't he didn't bring it up and I didn't either and I just I wasn't in a place to bring it up yet Um, and the next day he was the next day he was uh, over we were at my other sister's house and he just he tried to have that like hey buddy how are you Mm -hmm. kind of thing it's like like we're not really buddies we're getting attacked here apparently that is a it's all right. Wednesday night's garbage night around here. <laughs> it's Thursday, Chuck. I know. <laughs> How old you, Dad? Sixty-ish. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's he just he tried to have that like, "Hey, pal, how are you doing?" kind of. And he has no talk, idea how to do it. And he doesn't. And no. it's like I you know I looked at him and I'm in my brain I'm thinking like we're not pals like we're not even close to that. But okay, he's trying. Yeah. And you know, it's like, well, it's cool I'm, that he's trying. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Trying. And I, I said to him, I'm like, I'm not good. I mean, I'm better now that my grandpa's dead. And I kept saying that to everybody, and it sounds morbid, but it's just where I was at. Um, it was closure. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, everyone's trying to figure out how to get this funeral service done in 24 hours. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like, I picked before he died to come visit him. I don't need a funeral service. He's dead. I, I have closure. <coughs> right. You know, I don't I don't need to go do all this stuff. Were you with him when he passed? No. He passed really early. Was anybody with him? Yeah, my mom and uh, my uncle. So they, my grandma and grandpa had two kids. Um, and so they were there 
my mom was with him since you know from the time that he had, they found him until he passed, and then my uncle was with him until he got into town. He lives in Harrisburg, so he drove in as soon as he found out, and they just stayed with him the entire time. How were the boys with you? Yeah, the boys they were good. Here. So it's, it's re- I'm really lucky. The kids traveled really well. Um, Grant, they do a lot of traveling. But they, they travel really well. Um, and at first, Kane was really wanting to see my grandpa, and Noah wanted no parts of it. Um, and then the rest of my family, they're like, no, like kids, kids shouldn't come. And I'm like, let them. <laughs> like, it's, we, we shelter our kids from everything, and it's like, death should, we shouldn't shelter them from death. It happens. Yeah. Um, and so I just talked to them. I'm like, listen, guys, like, this isn't, this isn't playtime. You know, it's, Grandpa's laying in, his, in the bed. It looks like he's sleeping. The left side of his body is, you know, dead and useless. I mean, it, his face is all droopy and funny looking. But his mind's there, so you can talk to him. He might be sleeping. You don't know. Um, so just talk loud and wake his ass up. Um, and so we went out there Saturday night to the, they moved into a hospice care place. So we went out Saturday night and they just talked to him and cool. yeah, it was nice. So Noah finally warmed up to yeah, Noah was Noah was really <clears throat> wanting to see him then. Huh. So man, well that's cool that you had that relationship with him. You know, that was. Uh, not so much like the dog outside. <laughs> well, it's irritating it's and nappy and yippy. It's not usually yippy. Uh, so you've been back how many days? I got back Tuesday afternoon, so it's been two days, essentially. Got a little bit of distance to kind of look at how the whole thing went. Yeah, it's, it's been difficult in the realm of... So my kids went back to their mother's house... Um, and so I've been alone and so that's been difficult because I'm just sitting with my thoughts Um, I've been trying to busy myself and slowly um, deal with this stuff Um, I made an egregious error today I thought it would be a good idea to go to the cemetery and help the Boy Scouts put out flags for the veterans for Memorial Day and I passed four graves in a row that had Robert on it and that, that was my grandpa's name and I just lost it Kane's looking at me like what's wrong and I'm like just sad you know? and he looked at me and he's like yeah grandpa you know like he just knew and he's like well I'll just go over here with mom and Chris and he looked at me he's like you go home I'm like what <laughs> I'm like okay see you later <laughs> I'm out of here so but yeah it's it's been good to just decompress from my family and then just start actually grieving my grandpa. It's been hard. Um, family still reaching out to you? My mom, yeah. Have you thought about how this would have gone if it happened two years ago? Oh, fuck. I don't know if I'd have gone. Because my, my great aunt died <clears throat> like three years ago. But I didn't go. And I had a, a really good relationship with her in later part of life. Um, and I didn't go back. I knew she was sick, and she just kept getting sicker and sicker, and then she passed, and 
wanted no parts of that at all. And I, re I kind of regret it. And so, yeah, two years ago, I'd have done the same thing with my grandpa. What'd you do? Do you have a scope of what you did this time that you wouldn't have been able to do before? I probably would have just fell into the, the same habits that I had two years ago as far as just stuffing a lot of my emotions. I mean, it's, I cried a lot this past weekend. Um, a ton. I mean, just just let it all come out. You know, when I felt it, it I just let it come out. And, and that was really healthy. Um, and I wouldn't have done any of that. I just stuffed it. Um, I would have absorbed a lot of my mother and father's bullshit. I'd have gone and seen my grandparents and aunt and uncles and just been super stressed about that. Mm -hmm. What, uh, how'd your family respond to your, like, how I was the yeah. am now? Um, that was interesting because my, so I, a lot of the visiting my grandfather was with my oldest sister because um, I stayed at, so that's another thing too, I stayed with my sisters instead of my parents because um, I just wanted to try to remove that stress from this trip. Um, <coughs> and so every time I would go out to the hospital or the hospice care, my oldest sister would come with me. Um, and so we shared a lot going out and just, she's, saw that I was opening up and letting my emotions come out and she mentioned a couple of times you know like this is different like you are different um, did she mention good was that a good thing in her view or yeah well she didn't mention it it was <laughs> though. Okay. just from the conversation they yeah. were having so like there's movement in Chuck she's kind of noticing right yeah. Yeah, yeah how was your relationship with her before, yeah, we've always had a decent relationship. Um, I've, I always tell people it didn't really, we didn't really have a good relationship until I stabbed her in the leg with a fork. <laughs> and then she <laughs> noticed you. <Yeah. laughs> Bonding experience. Yeah. Well, and it's she didn't tell on me. Okay. How yeah, old were you? Thirteen, maybe fourteen. Oh, it was because it was right around the time where. How old was she? She's four, four and a half years older than I am. Um, it was right oh, around shit. the time where, um, when I like stood up to my parents and told them I'd fucking kill them if they ever hit me again. Uh -huh. um, and I think that she started to understand like how bad it was. Right. Mm. I mean, she knew it was bad because she got a lot of, a lot of shit. They were still hitting you when you were fourteen. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, my mother. When when I finally told my mother and father to stop. My mother was chasing me with a fucking hairbrush. Beating the shit out of me with it. And I caught her hand and... No more? I'm like, fucking no more, I'll kill you. And my dad looked at me and he's just like, you better be careful, son, or whatever, you know? And I just looked at him and took a breath and just that crazy... Like, crazy eyes, like, looked at him and I was like, and I'll fucking kill you too. You know, like, it's... So yeah, our relationship, after I st stabbed her in the leg with a fork. <laughs> and we've, over the years, um, pretty much after I graduated high school, 
uh, we started to just open up to each other and kind of share our lives and where we were and just had similar unfortunate events in life and so my mother will tell me that she was a bad mother to my oldest sister and my mother will have a conversation with my oldest sister saying that she was a bad mother to me mm. and it's like she can't own it in front of them just own it in front of me right as soon as that happens shit's different mm-hmm yeah, and that's it. That's I mean, that's I all. It. That's no, the conversation right it. there. End of conversation. You move forward. Yeah. Acknowledgement's a big thing. It is. Um, and I get especially it. with family. I get there's so much. My parents have put there's shame and guilt in their actions, and I understand that. And I guess I just have to explain that I understand that to them, too. You know, so it's not only do I have to have a conversation with them saying just that's the conversation, own it in front of me. And I understand that there's a ton of shame in there and I don't judge you for it. Mm-hmm. It's just who you were. It's fucking sucks. <coughs> but, but that's what you have to do with shame is face it. And, and that's pretty cool that you... Are you know <clears throat> compassionate enough to help them face their own dragon of shame? Because I think, especially in Christian culture, there's so much that that guards us from owning our shit. You know, a part of me doesn't even want to have the conversation with them. Well, you don't. You, I get that. Not like you did, but you <clears throat> you're pulling it right. You're pulling at those strings. I mean, I tried to have that conversation with my parents for a long time. Yeah. They don't get it. They won't, you know, they won't own their part. I think the base deal is that you just set the boundary. Yeah. yeah. Of like, like this Absolutely. is what has to happen. And if you can't get, and now it's on you. Yeah. yeah. And if yeah. you can't get there, nothing's going to happen. So. I did that. My family was surprised. Yeah. That like, I stuck to it. Yeah. It's like they didn't know me. Which is weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They didn't know you were stubborn. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> there's been some of that with my mother. A lot recently, I came up with my brother because I spent some time over Christmas with my brother, and my brother is just like, "Mom doesn't know you at all." Mm-hmm. Like, like her understanding of who you as a are as a person was the persona that you developed when you were sixteen, and that's who she still thinks you are. And it wasn't even me back then; <laughs> it was just the face, the front that I put on everything. You have a mask that you wore. Yeah, and she hasn't still hasn't figured out that yeah and yeah and so and I'd always felt that but when him pointing it out was like like yeah that just brought it way forward so uh, yeah and and then I just pick up with it pick up on it a lot more now when I'm with her I'm like yeah your idea of who I am as a person is really old and wasn't ever really (laughs) real to begin with like yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what. Well, those were like a live action version of Derek's life when he was sixteen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Steve? You, your parents still with us? Mom is dad's not. Mm-hmm. Near the same way. I mean, mom's eighty-five, and it's like, fuck it. It's, right. Why now? You know, I'm making peace with my daughters so that I don't. They don't have this conversation. But when right. yeah. in their thirties and forties, seriously. 
Were you sad when your dad died? I mean, no. like weeping? Oh, sad just because of the relationship and it's my dad. Right, exactly. You know, I, I've said that I was more emotional at Leo's funeral or memorial than I was at my dad's. Because yeah. Hickman asked me to speak up there, say something about Leo, and that's why I directed him to you. Because I shit, I could not have gotten out there. He wouldn't have heard a single word. I'd have just been slobbering. Because I think with Leo, he had the ability to accept you as you were. You know, he, he, I always felt safe with him, you know, and that's for me is a big thing. That's one of the things I've been working through this week, just thinking through, is in, with his sister, why, I, my wife goes, why do you want to see her? And I go, because I feel safe. Mm. You know, just the hour and a half or two hours that we were here, that I felt safe. And I never felt safe. My mom and dad don't know me. You know, behind that armor that we talked about last week right. too. I'm sitting behind that and that anger and um, anger was both my numbing and my defense mechanism. Because right. if I got angry, then people would get close to me, then right. I wouldn't be disappointed yeah. or hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That was my thing too. Just be scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be as scary worked. as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Because being left alone is way better than being engaged. Yeah. yeah. Way better. Yeah. Yep. But even that sucks. Yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like well, it's, And it, in the moment, it feels relieving. Yes. Like, look, I finally found a fucking solution. Yeah. And then it stacks up over years. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, well, this yeah. wasn't, it was better, but it mm. sure yeah. as hell isn't great. Well, my, my problem is I doubled down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I did that a couple of times too. Uh, I was telling both my daughters about your sister and I said I found a therapist. Oh fuck on the asshole. Spokane. And so and my oldest says, Dad, well, I went to a therapist. She went to a therapist when she's up at Western. She said one he asked her one thing and she just lost it. She just cried for the whole hour. And I said, Well I plan on it. <laughs> I mean if I'm not I'm gonna be a little disappointed because that's what I want is just the release of that acceptance and when I'm with somebody that fully understands and accepts me I'm really I get really emotional about it you know because I just didn't have that growing up it's a big deal my daughter my and I, I think I have it with my kids because my youngest called me tonight and she's switching jobs she was headhunted and she was sexually uh, harassed at her former job by one of the brokers and she was she came out today to her on her exit interview with her uh, manager, and she's got all the text still on her phone. And it was like the, the manager's just looking, and she's crying and she's telling me this. I said, "Honey, I am so sorry, but because she's feeling everything that women feel, is that she'll be believed. Uh, it'll come back and haunt her in her new job." Right. And I said, "No, I mean that's what you need to stand up for." But the fact that she could tell me that, and I said, I'll go in there attempt to kick his ass. <laughs> because she goes, Dad. Dude, you got friends. <laughs> so I got younger friends. I got fired. That guy. I should have. I told her. I we said, can help. If I was his boss, I'd have fired his ass right away. But she's afraid he's going to carry over because she knows some of the people that are in your job. And I'm like, worry about it. So like when you say you found a therapist, you plan on actually treating with Kristen, or I'm gonna we're going over there in July for a week, and I want to see her for at least an hour. Oh, okay. That's what we talked about last week. 
to see where it goes, see what she what she recommends. But it, would there be something you'd seek locally, or like yeah, would you do probably. Skype sessions or something? No, no, or, I don't know. Oh, Skype. I know some of them do. Black counselors. Yeah, 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 I know. Uh, uh, Jay Stringer. There's a guy here in Everett that Skypes. Or no, there's a guy in Seattle that Skypes with his, and he Stringer recommended him. But, yeah, I was going to do it one time and see because again, she's, I felt really safe, and I, I guarantee I'll solve it. Is that some of your reluctance to seek therapy? Is that feeling safe and not yeah. sure if you will? Yeah. yeah. To be fair, that's a no, no, legitimate concern. It totally is. Yeah. It totally yeah, I've is. been to a lot of therapists, and yeah, not many of them have felt very safe. Because I, you know, it's absolutely my default setting is. And it's kind of like what you've talked about, Derek. Is it you don't have any expectations, so they don't because they'll get shattered. Uh, when I've ever had anybody I felt like was really in my corner, they've left. Mm. You know, my, I had a sales manager at my, at my company who got me. She rode with me. She said, "See, this is crazy. I'm going to help you." And she had open heart surgery and, and resigned. And that's my. That's what I always think about. Well, this goes. This can't be too good. This is too good. So it's not going to last because mm. they'll leave. Yeah, everybody always does, right? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And that's for part of my battle too is walking through that, and that's what Brene Brown's really mm -hmm. been instrumental as I'm reading her book is dare the, to to engage. Yeah, you know, because if you never engage, you're never going to find relationship or resolution. Yeah. So you just dare to face it. Yeah. It sounds familiar. <laughs> Well, because, and I've shared this before, and that's some of the work I've been focusing on is, you know, one thing I realized that gets me is sort of what you're describing, but the way I would word it for myself is just a palpable realization of the temporal nature of everything. But I tend to go through a lot of life bracing myself tense, just knowing that, ah, oh, you know, this is going to end, or, oh, this is going to be over someday. So, like, you're just kind of sucking in the sour, but not taking in any of the sweet. You know? She talks about practicing gratitude. Yeah, yeah, and it's huge. I've really started to do this, trying to do this. I've got a 12-year-old German Shepherd that's not going to be with us forever. I mean, she, she's she got some nerve issues. She eats, she craps outside, it's all <laughs> solid and everything, so, and drinks, you know, she's fine. A couple more years. But maybe. maybe. Yeah. But what I'm doing is the things that just piss me off, I'm thinking, but when she's gone, yeah, I'm gonna do. I would do anything to do that one more time. And one of the, I think Bob even shared this is, I wish I had known the last time my daughters would have asked me to pick them up. Mm -hmm. Just thought I'd known, yeah. you know, yep. and enjoyed that. I get that. God, I get that. <laughs> Something you can never know, right? No, you don't. Yeah. Better just do it every time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, that used to just piss me off. I go walk. You know, at the time, you're you're a big girl. Walk. Now, God, it'd be. It is tough. I get it though. Like, like my little girl, she's still affectionate. Yes. But, but then, so, Daddy, put me on your shoulders. Like, well, <laughs> like you're a little heavy, but your my grandma doctor's... just broke her femur. <laughs> Genetic. This may not be a good idea. My femur. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, it's still. Yeah. So what, dude? Your back hurts. Pick her up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, at least you were. The, I mean, check. I was the only grandkid, and there's probably 15 of us that attended none of my grandparents' funeral. I was the black sheep. And I used to, and I think a lot of it was I just wanted to deal with emotions or my feelings, you know, what I was thinking. I wish now I had, I have regrets. So that's, I commend you for 
taking those steps. Especially in that hostile environment. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. going to say. You know, it's, it's not just the the going and doing it and facing that. It's it's the circumstance with your family is just shit. So. Did you have anxiety about being that vulnerable around that group of people? It was weird. Um, like, no. Mm-hmm. Like it, and I, I mean, I had anxiety going. And it wasn't, like, the anxiety wasn't the... <laughs> being vulnerable in front of them. It was more just the being able to deal with the bullshit while I was there mm-hmm. and not not deal with it healthy, healthily. Um, healthily. Health, yeah, whatever. <laughs> However you pronounce it, fucking word. Um, but, like, so the, the when I was in the hospital, it wasn't, it was just different. You know, just being with my grandpa. And then when we went to the hospice um, place, my my mother and uncle actually just left the room. They just let me be with my grandpa by myself and, and then with the kids. And so I did, really wasn't in front of too many people. Well, your boys saw you expressing emotions and feelings, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, and it was, it was kind of funny, actually. Kane... Kane said to me, he's like, Dad, I'm like, what? I'm not sad. No. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's, okay, what are you, you know? He's like, well, I'm happy. I'm like, okay. That's all right, but buddy. Why? <laughs> what, you know, just, why are you happy? He's like, well, Pap Pap gives good Christmas presents. <laughs> like, yeah, he does. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fine. You're allowed to have these emotions. You yes. don't have to feel sad. Yeah. I, just, I do. Right. You know, like, I'm happy too. You know, shared with them about oh, my grandfather. He's so weird. So he watched us when we were kids. <coughs> when I was in kindergarten, I went to kindergarten in the PM for a half day, and so he'd come over in the mornings, and my my family would just tell me about how I just fucking argue with him constantly. I mean, he'd come over, and I'd just start arguing with him about everything and anything. Um, for lunch, so I'd eat lunch and then go to school, and he'd always make me a sandwich and then, you know, fruit and vegetables or whatever, and he'd toast the bread before he made the sandwich, and it's like, what the fuck are you toasting this bread for? Like, that's so stupid, like, why? And then I'd get it, and it's still warm, and eat it, you know, I'm like, this is the best sandwich I've ever eaten in my entire life, and the next day, the same thoughts would go through my head, why are you toasting this bread? Like, that's horrible, and then I'd eat it, and be like, oh, this is wonderful, like... <laughs> <laughs> like why didn't I think of that and it's like hello it was 24 hours ago I was doing the same thing <laughs> you gotta take a keto break and eat a toasted sandwich bro in honor of Papa let's go buy a toaster <laughs> yeah when my mom passed 2016 um, she was uh, she just stopped eating and she had dementia and she kind of faded out slowly, you know? And it was... Like, I cried, but again, it's like you said about Leo. like, But again, Leo died young, so there was that. Yeah. He was only 60. Same with Dave. My buddy Dave died. I cried a lot for Dave. Because he was only 50. Um, and I kind of saw my mom sort of fade. Like, she was there. Like, the last Thanksgiving we had at our house was just a month before she died. But she wasn't, I don't think she knew where she was, right? 
So there was that. But all the all the family that came, it was pretty cool that I had I have a different relationship with them now. Some of it oddly is because of Facebook. Like you could <laughs> like you could see some of my other family members, just some of the shit I post about, you know, punk rock or whatever it is. Uh, they're just they're just not as fake as I thought they were, some mm. of them, you know? And some of them were, you know, engage me in, oh, you like Game of Thrones? Like, holy shit. Like, that's it's news to me. You know, some of them. And uh, so, yeah, when, they, when everybody came together, when my mom passed, it was a little better, you know, but it was, it was still sucked. It was hard. I have a cousin that I kind of grew up with. I haven't seen her. She, that's the last time I saw her. But it's weird how family gets to those points sometimes. You just don't know each other. You know? Yeah, because I don't think... I know my sisters and brother, they don't... They won't... They were not going to talk about stuff. My dad never did. My mom won't. You know, they just let us keep it right on yeah. a separate level. I mean, I couldn't have this discussion this kind of a of talk at the family. I approached it over Easter with just talking about some of the realizations that I've come under about shame and how a lot of my parents' parenting was shame-based and talk with my nephew about it. And he goes, yeah, I saw one time and we were in the car and I just said something, you know, I was like six, seven years old and I just said, geez, and Grandpa came unglued on me. Uh, verbally just what the hell are you swinging you never swing and that's what dad would always say to me too I said yeah but I said that's just who he was and he goes and he's got two boys now my nephew does and he goes that's why I don't want to be with him I said exactly you're way ahead of me <laughs> uh, I had 50 before I got to that point I couldn't have been here when I was you guys age mm -hmm. too pagan <laughs> no, I, I revel in it. Bunch of pagan punk rockers. But that's the funny thing about just being, being who you are and accepting people, is that more people want to see you and mourn your passing. I think you know, and they know you. And there's something to that, man. Having people at your funeral, <laughs> I guess. Well, I think if we don't. And one of the areas I really work trying to work on is if we don't like ourselves, then we're going to hide behind whatever facade we've put up. And I, I think that's we don't want to be vulnerable, and when we're not vulnerable. We're not going to experience in, uh, intimacy and relationship, just getting to know each other. I mean, you know, when Arthur and you and I had that coffee that Saturday a couple of weeks ago, that was that was incredible. It was. But it costs something to be vulnerable. It costs the risk of being rejected. It costs the risk of being criticized, of judged, being judged. Mm -hmm. I think that's why a lot of people um, keep that stuff so quiet, keep that stuff so tight. I can't tell you that I'm this or that or thinking of this. And that's one of the things I'm getting out of. I mean, I want to be that, that guy, you know, that, hey, I want to, this is who I am. And it's it's crazy because you 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 can start right away and you'll know okay I'm not into this they're not into that so you just okay cool 
-hmm. This relationship's not going where I thought it was going to go. Or let me rephrase that. This relationship isn't going where I hoped it was going to go. Sometimes that looks like saying, well, he can ask for a hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah, that's yeah. not a joke. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Is that a hard memory for you to sit in? It's all hot right now. No. It's it's an interesting memory to sit in because there's mixed feelings. Um, so I like I feel for my dad. Like I feel bad because mm -hmm. if I ever heard my kids say that right it would crush me right but yet that's that's the honest truth that's though. where things are at that's just where they're at mm -hmm. you know it's like uh, you didn't get to that place of saying that in a vacuum no you know um and he knows that. And that's why I think I've seen you change. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, just your ability to be not just vulnerable, but strong in your vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Like a like that kind of good anarchy sort of thing we were talking about. Like it means that you're not, you give zero fucks, but at the same time, you know, you're compassionate enough to go, yeah, well, that's just where he's at. Well, he's just and that's okay. Chuck's and you, setting healthy boundaries. That's what yeah, that looks yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. that looks like. And yeah, you didn't flinch, that, you know. It just sucks because that's a hard boundary. Right. Yeah. To be received and to give. And I'm glad that yeah. I was... I'm glad, in all honesty, what I am glad that it was set with my mind being elsewhere and it just coming out. I think it's hearing, hard to do consciously. Yeah, it, yeah. it hurts more. Hearing yeah. this story and kind of <clears throat> putting myself in similar situations, it's that I need to set this boundary, but I'm pretty sure that you or your dad in this case just doesn't have the tools to meet that boundary. Mm -hmm. Like he's just not in a place. He doesn't even know how. Yeah. So it's it's kind of asking him to do something that he can't. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that that boundary doesn't need to be set. It's yeah. not a, something that you let slide just because they don't know how to do it. And the other nice part, too, was like it was almost that he respected it when, because then he asked. Right. That's true. Mm -hmm. He did follow up. And then... He didn't just storm off or get passive-aggressive or anything. And I, and I didn't... Like I, and I, then I gave him the hug. Like, so it's, I set a boundary, he respected it, and then I followed through with... Like, yeah, okay, the boundary's set, you respected it, I can, you know, give you a hug, mm -hmm. kind of thing. I don't ever give my dad a hug. Really? That's fucked yeah. up, dude. Yeah. yeah never remember it. I mean, it might have happened when we were kids, you know, I don't remember it. I give my mom a hug all the time now. But again, that was part of me, too. My dad was incapable, as was I, growing up. But my, and, and my daughters aren't huggers, but... The other hard part of the memory is, and just thinking about it now, is when he was giving me a hug, he told me he loved me, and I didn't say anything. Right. You know, and it, I acknowledged it as in myself, sure. you know, that you're in this place and this is what you assume love is. 
Um, fuck that. Uh, my dad, I don't ever remember hearing my dad say that to me. My mom does it all the time. You know, my dad never did. Yeah, zero response out of me. You tell your boys all the time you love them. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, my girls. You do that? Oh yeah. We're pretty affectionate. Good. Yeah, I got to work on my daughter's Jeep last weekend because I'm dad, the mechanic, you know, and and it was cool. We went to the wrecking yard together and and uh, got a latch part for her back door that. Out there, I remember when I was a kid going to the wrecking yard with my dad, and that was kind of a cool memory. But now they can't do it anymore. Like you have to be eighteen. It was lawyers. Fucking lawyers got in there and screwed it all up. Wow, a kid died. That's true. Men die too in those places. At least they have the thing to sign the thing and say, "Hey, if you're dumbass." Childhood death's always a pretty strong moment. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, we should land this thing. Yeah, per Arthur's. I was thinking about the last episode of the topic of miracles and the fact that that you know love can can fight its way to the surface is kind of a fucking miracle. You know, you you know what's a miracle that we all ended up here. Look at our divergent backgrounds and where we currently are, and that now we've formed a pretty cool group. Yeah. That people was, want to be a part of. It was designed this way. <laughs> hey, the Holy ordained before the foundation. That's, that's right before the foundation. <laughs> 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 Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe. To hear the bumper music we play on the show, search Punk Theology. Then, follow the playlist on Spotify. Wanna join us in being a punk theologist? Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't check it out! First of all, I plead innocent of all charges. <laughs> Elvis has left the building.